Well, welcome back. This is Reverend Cage Marble, and I am the public pro-lifer. We are going to touch on Roe again this podcast. It was the 49th anniversary on the 22nd of this month, and what a dismal anniversary that is. That is nothing to celebrate. And uh, with every March for Life, it's always the hope that it's the last one that you'll ever have to go to. Uh, but when I, the last podcast, I spoke about the narratives specifically from, uh, the left and from the opposition is that it's not pro-choice any longer. Now they're trying to get past some of their, um, uh, old narratives. And I'll go through that very quickly. Um, abortion is a difficult decision. I'm pro-choice, but I would never have an abortion. I'm pro-choice, but abortion shouldn't be celebrated. I'm pro-choice, but abortion shouldn't be birth control. But that is exactly what they want. They, uh, the radical left wants to have abortion available on every street corner throughout the entire pregnancy for any reason and for it to be uh, paid for by you the taxpayer. Roe was never the standard. Roe v. Wade was never the standard. It was always the very bare minimum. It was um, just a, a little benchmark to go to the next thing, whatever that is, which is scary. So the next thing ended up being um, uh, the FDA approving the abortion pill. Uh they tell you that when you use the abortion pill to just sit on the toilet uh, and when the baby comes out to just flush the toilet and to not look at it, don't look at the humanity of that child that you just murdered with the pill. Don't do that. Instead, flush it. So I guess, you know, and, and I'll just kind of segue to this for a second. I cannot imagine what that's got to be like in all the water treatment plants all over the country is getting past all of these aborted children. And also know that even though they say it's only up to nine weeks or whatever the case, uh, it's always been known that women who are much further along have done this. And so we need to get that in our head that this is not, not the bare minimum. It is not the standard it's getting worse and it's gonna to continue to get worse. In fact, um, one of the um, uh, pro-abort groups uh, from the Coalition of Reproductive Choice, and one of them now is called Faith Choice. And doesn't that sound pretty, you know, faith and choice and all this stuff, but that's not true. Um, again, this is another radicalized group that is seeking to weaponize um, pro-abort women to continue to kill their unborn children. Um, they actually have workshops in showing you and telling you how to use the abortion pills and what you should do before and after and all of this. There was a story that I read some time ago, I'm going to say at least a couple of years ago, where this woman who was one of the blazing pro-aborts of this area had since moved out away, I think to the 
uh, West Coast or something. And uh, found out that she was pregnant. Now imagine this is a big parole board that's gone, you know, gone to all these places, worn the funky costumes and uh, has absolutely embarrassed herself uh, advocating to kill unborn people. Finds herself pregnant and decided to have a party around her as she takes her abortion pills and, and essentially she said to help her through the process and to, I don't know, know what else she could possibly say to that. But, um, this was very reminiscent of what a coven would do of what a, you know, a witch coven, an actual coven would do is to celebrate killing this child with these abortion doulas and other people like that are around her as she goes through this process of first, uh, the first pill killing the child and the second one expelling it from her body. That, uh, that was supposed to be a um, party worthy thing to do. And I, I mean, are there even any words to that? Are, can you even come up with anything that even remotely seems normal about that? Obviously not. But the whole thing about the radicalized parole board movement is that they want to make this as normal as getting your teeth cleaned or getting a checkup at the doctor because they, they, they're trying to force you to believe this is some kind of health care. Uh, you know, health care does not kill people ever. <laughs> that is not healthcare. Um, killing people is murder, period, whether they're born or unborn. So this whole thing that, that goes in this kind of continuum is just gaining strength with uh, pulling the narrative from being uh, this choice and that it's really just none of anybody's business. And you know, and the church backs it. A lot of the church does back this. Uh, and now here we are, we're pro-abortion. <laughs> Let me help you understand something. There is nothing that is further from the truth. There is nothing pro-abortion about anything other than these radicalized people. You know, they want to tell you that, you know, at least half, if not more, of Americans believe that abortion is okay in some circumstances. And that's really absolutely not true. Again, when you have someone who seems to be in some kind of state of authority telling you these things, then you digest it as some kind of truth and then you just move on, but it's in your mind, it's in your head. And that's what they're trying to do is to get you to believe that what they just said and to tell that to someone else and to continue this until the next narrative comes out. Nobody wants unborn people to die all the time. That's just completely categorically untrue. I, you know, I, it's just, it's just a marvel to me that anybody really thinks that these people, these weaponized, radicalized pro-aborts and death scorts and all of them have any indication in their minds that they're going to change everybody's mind in the United States. That's just asinine. That's impossible. That's just not going to change as far as how people view life 
seeing with their own eyes through ultrasounds that this is a separate human being from them. This is not their body. This is another separate body who already has fingerprints, a heartbeat, their own DNA that is separate from the mother. So making this into, uh, again, of my, one of my favorite narratives of all time is the blob of tissue. Making this, you know, go back to the 70s and saying, this is a blob of tissue. Why are you so worried about it? Who cares? Just kill it. You know, um, I saw uh, a sign. Someone had posted some parole board, had a sign that said, hose before embryos. And the thing is, that's really how they think. Um, their whole uh, way of thinking has to do with the other side. I don't want to say of humanity, but the other side of how people consider to be moral. In other words, um, uh, like they say sex workers instead of prostitutes. Uh, things like that. Again, it's just a narrative that they use to try to change the way that you see something as um, a, a pro-life or anti-abortion or even just as a Christian. This is not unusual. It stinks and it's kind of lousy. But uh, again, uh, they spend a lot of time on vagina costumes and going to these places to embarrass themselves and they see no problem with it. And here we sit at, you know, either at home or, you know, on some comfy church someplace. And, and all we do is complain about, it. we're not doing anything about it. So, but uh, quite honestly, I don't really want to embarrass myself like they have. <laughs> really don't because it's just ridiculous. Um, however, they are getting the attention that they want. So um, our narrative is always going to be the same as far as um, the public pro-lifers, that we are anti-abortion. You know, we are pro-life for many other things. Um, we fostered for a period of time. Uh, we have a rescue dog. And, and you know, we've helped people uh, in their time of need, either with money, uh, place of sleep, uh, you know, food, pay a bill, whatever. I mean, that's all very pro-life things. But again, even that narrative is changing little by little by little to try to separate us as a movement into all of these other categories, which can be okay. I mean, I, I would like to be known as an um, anti-abortion person. But because I don't identify as an abolitionist, I, I, I'm kind of shunned by that side of the crowd, which honestly is fine with me. Uh, I don't seek to be their friends. Um, I was hoping we could all work together, but more often than not, that's just not going to happen. Too many personalities clash, too many ideologies are going to get, you know, uh, trampled on and all that other stuff. Uh, so that's difficult. And then you have pro-life and pro-life should have been the standard. And it was not because when the narratives changed and and the hard cases came about and the self-defense uh, abortions were around and all of this is going on, suddenly that's changed as well. Which, by the way, is good in a way because we need to separate the wheat from the chaff. We need to see 
who who are the wolves in sheep's clothing that's in this movement and in our churches it's it's it it was so as much as i hated it i hated seeing that and hearing it um from other um pastors and and preachers and ministers even priests and all this other stuff um just how divided we truly are in the so-called pro-life movement so whether it matters or not uh uh absolutely we are always pro-life but definitely without a doubt without skipping a beat we are anti-abortion and uh what's really kind of funny too is that in the media they've always said anti-abortion activists instead of pro-life advocates <laughs> and you know honestly i'm okay with that but it's kind of offensive to some of the people in the movement because it's like oh you're just trying to radicalize us well yeah we should be radicalized why aren't we radicalized why why aren't we going out and saying stop killing unborn people literally everywhere we go you know everywhere and to all of the things at the state house and maybe at your uh um uh county seats and all those others wherever it is wherever people gather for this stuff um a right to life group is having a pro-life person <laughs> uh, she and i've had issues so i'm not even going to say your name uh is going to have her um speak at one of their um uh, fundraisers and I know this wasn't cheap for them to do. And this is a tiny little right to life in Southern Ohio. And I, uh, I really hate that. <laughs> I really hate that this um, uh, person goes around and does this and gets her bills paid for as far as, you know, getting there someplace to sleep and eat and all this other stuff just to raise them money. And they got to pay it back to her. And it's just it's this goofy circle going like this. Um, I, I don't I don't see how that benefits anyone, and especially because she's not really anti-abortion, and um, uh, that's the way of the pro-life circles. Is that they're trying to take what they can, and be okay with it. And to a point, I quasi agree with that as far as incrementalism, because there's there's not going to be abolition. You know, it is awful that there cannot be abolition with this law. But uh, we have to deal with what we have and understand that um, incrementalism is biblical. It, it's, it's uh, it, uh, you know, Jesus didn't say, do this or else I'm done. <laughs> he did not do that. However, he died for all. So he did what he was asked to do by the father which was something that we could never, ever repay him for. And I'm just so thankful for Jesus and for what he did. But his ways were incremental. Like it or not, that's the way that it is and was and will continue to be. And so when you get over to the other side of the pro-life world, you get to the abolitionists. And so abolitionists don't want to ever be identified in the pro-life crowd ever, ever, ever. And all they do is point fingers and tell everybody how wrong they are. And, and, but no one ever shows up for stuff. I don't know where these abolition, abolitionists are, but they don't, they don't show up. 
they they complain a lot and tell us how wrong everybody else is and uh they are they're just as wrong as the pro-life movement is wrong about some things not everything but some things now as a minister i've read the bible completely through several times studied uh always looking always searching always trying to listen but never has abolition worked never and the reason why it will never work even if legally there is abolition abortion is abolished it's completely illegal it's not going to stop anybody that really wants to do that ever um their uh theology on that is absolutely incorrect now i admire their ability to um, hold on to something like that and hope for it and and go for it but the truth of the matter is all we can do is make it as illegal as possible and hopefully rescind roe uh because if they are truly uh the the patriot type the freedom type the liberty types a lot of them are libertarians and things like that then you need you would have to agree that you need to send Roe back to the states to allow the states to do what the states can because there is a 10th amendment in the constitution that gives them that opportunity to be sovereign so the likelihood of complete abolition is incredibly slim if probably non-existent women are always going to find a way to get abortions because they want to uh there's always going to be people that's going to help them. There is currently right now a place in Illinois across the river from St. Louis that um, uh, essentially made a call center. <laughs> I am not even kidding. A call center. And what is it for? Well, if you can't afford to you know, get your abortion, if you can't find a way there or whatever it is, they're going to help you with that through however they've raised funds in order to do that. But, you know, Illinois has decided to be a sanctuary state for uh, abortion, as well as California, probably New York, maybe even Hawaii and a couple of others. While others have trigger laws as soon as Roe uh, is brought back to the states that it will be uh, abortion will be completely illegal and thank god for that so that's why i say you know it really is um best it's best just to let the constitution work as it's supposed to because even though you know pro want to do this it's you know it's our constitutional right. No, it's not. There is nothing in the Constitution that says that you can go and kill your unborn child for any reason and make me pay for it. No, there is not. I defy you to look for it in writing in the Constitution. Show me. It's not there uh, at all. So then what other things, when I was talking about this uh, faith choice group and groups just like it, what they are doing now is that they are having um, meetings to teach you how to do what's called, using my little air quotes here, self-managed abortion, which is essentially getting the pills and, and dealing with your abortion at home. 
So they are teaching people to do that in the event that this particular state and others like it uh, will make abortion illegal as soon as Roe is rescinded. Um, I can't imagine what they're doing in Texas right now since their heartbeat bill went into effect. And, and in this state, it's essentially ignored as usual. <laughs> so that's really what's going on with the narratives. This is what's happening with the uh, anti-abortion side, the pro-abortion side. It's, it's not going to get any better. It, it, the fact that people think that this is going to get any better are horribly deceived. What we need to do is to remember there's still a God in heaven that loves us and loves that unborn child and created that unique human being, created that unique human being for such a time as that time that they conceived. And when we, uh, when we know the Lord, when we know God, when we understand how he works, there would be way less abortions and way more parenting um, and many more adoptions instead of just killing it. That it to God, that it had DNA, a blood type, a heartbeat, and even a name only known to him. That it is a person who cannot be recreated ever that permanent decision was made from a temporary situation. And the more that we see that as a permanent decision made, that someone died for you. I mean, if you want someone to die for you, why don't you go to Jesus? He died for you, no matter how good you are, no matter how bad you are, no matter what you do, don't do. He died for you. No one else is supposed to die for you but him. All right, then. This has been a heck of a month revisiting all of this with Roe. And um, there's a good chance, well, maybe not a good chance, there's a maybe chance and it probably won't ever go away. And if it doesn't, we need to be uh, armed and dangerous. Yeah, with the word of God. And with tangible um, helps for people who need them. Tangible, in other words, uh, help them babysitting, rent, uh, food, um, a ride to work. That's tangible. Not an abortion pill just to kill it off. Well, I hope these row insights helped you today. It always kind of uh, girds me back up and gets me back in the fight. So... Until we meet again, I am Reverend Cage Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer. <laughs>